Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Melissa Lancaster. I put a little Halloween theme song in there. So if you don't know, you're listening to Coffee, Murder, and Mystery. And I am here with my good friend and supernatural co-host, Mandy. Hello. Me and Mandy decided to kick off October with taking a haunted trip to Belleville, Michigan. For those of you that don't know, me and Mandy have taken up amateur ghost hunting. We've purchased a little bit of our own equipment, and we don't really know what we're doing, but we're trying our hardest, doing research and trying to get paranormal activity. And in that process, we have realized that we are the most unobservant ghost hunters that ever existed. This is a new running joke with us. We've noticed how oblivious we are to things that go on around us. There's probably ghosts walking in the distance, and we we might not even see them. Or maybe they're even right behind us, (laughs) and we don't see them. (laughs) Who knows? But we're trying to pay better attention. (laughs) Belleville is an old city, and it's supposed to have multiple haunted places. We started our trip at Bonehead's Barbecue. Bonehead's Barbecue on Willis Road is known for its great food and for being haunted. We went early and took our equipment with plans of just setting it up on the table and hopefully catching an EVP, just kind of doing like a discreet little thing. (laughs) And our plans were foiled because the place was packed. And not only was it packed, we were seated in the doorway that led out to like a Like an enclosed porch. Yes. We were right in the aisleway of that. So anytime the waitress or guests would walk by, they literally had to walk right past us. So we kind of felt we couldn't be too discreet with our equipment. Then there were some older people that were there by us. I feel like they might have been offended or thought we were weird if we would have pulled out that equipment. Yeah, we didn't want to disrupt anybody's dinner for sure. We did ask our waitress if she had experienced any paranormal activity in the restaurant. And she said, actually, recently she had. It was very recent. A jar of mayonnaise had kind of opened and spilled abruptly. Yes, she said she was in the, I think she called it the salad room, where uh, her and another co-worker were prepping salads and the jar of mayonnaise fell off the shelf. She also mentioned that when they were closing up for the night and they would turn off the music and the lights when they would go outside, they would hear the music turn back on and see lights turn back on. She said nobody else was in the building. Apparently, multiple employees have experienced that type of activity, so much so that they even have a story about it in their menu. So, Melissa, I don't know about you, but I I do find it interesting that they actually put the ghost on the back of their menu. I feel like that's a good um, advertisement or a way to get people to come in. It's just kind of unusual. It does seem like a good marketing strategy. I think it's definitely a cute menu. Um, It says like our story on the back and it's got like a picture of what appears to be like a little stagecoach stop and just a couple like little buildings. They look kind of westerny. It's really cute. So the back of the menu says, Welcome to Boneheads, the treasure of Willis. Our name is new, but the restaurant has a rich heritage. We continue to serve a fine selection of sandwiches, steaks, seafood, and of course, our famous and addictive pickle chips. We've also added our own unique and delicious slow-roasted hickory-smoked barbecue to the menu. 
We invite you to sit back and relax. We're a place where neighbors and friends gather for dinner, drinks, and conversation. Don't be surprised if they welcome you to their table. We promise you won't return a stranger whether you dine in the restaurant or relax on our porch. Time does move slower here in Willis, a village formally established in 1887 with the arrival of the Wabash Railroad. The original clapboard station burned down in 1904 and its replacement, a smaller structure, survived well into the mid-20th century. The community, though, long preceded the railroad. Willis traces its roots to land purchases made between 1825 and 1835 and is named after one of the original landholders, Willis Potter. Not much has changed along the village's main street and descendants of those early families still reside here. Trains pass by every day and as you wait for a meal, you just might hear the roar. And if the building shakes, that's just the train. And any other strange sounds you hear can be attributed to our resident ghost or ghosts. Yes, strange things have been occurring at Boneheads for years. The hanging lamps in the bar have been known to swing back and forth. Lights turn back on long after the restaurant has closed. And employees have heard whispering or footsteps and turned to find no one there. Neighbors have seen someone cleaning the third floor window. Customers have reported seeing a woman in a white dress descend the stairs. Oh, and we can't resist sharing this one. A little girl was surprised to find more than her own reflection in the women's bathroom mirror. We're not surprised we share boneheads with ghosts. After all, the building predates the formal establishment of the village. We believe our building was constructed around 1865. Over the years, the structure has served as a coach shop, granary, butcher shop, ice house, post office, and general store. We're not quite sure who the ghosts are, but details make us believe the woman, whom we call Nellie, probably lived here in the early 20th century. The little girl remains a mystery. When the building was restored in the mid-1980s, antiques, walnut cabinets, and oak trim were brought here from parts of southeastern Michigan and northwest Ohio. Woodwork, lamps, and trimmings were carefully selected to authenticate the old general store appearance. Just as the building has strived to maintain its presence in the village over the decades, we too shall continue the tradition and privilege of serving you well. Melissa, I think we mentioned when we were there that you you could almost visualize the general store. Oh, you could. It was such a cute place. I mean, it just seemed so classic and just westerny and homey. I mean, you totally, you felt like you were in a general store. When me and Mandy read about the little girl in the bathroom, we got a little brave. <laughs> when we, we were finished with our food, and by the way, our service and our food were both great, we snuck into the bathroom and decided well, if it was empty, maybe we would try to get a little bit of something. But our plans were foiled again because people came in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, so, so to give you a visual... Melissa has her boo bear, which is the bear that when it gets touched, a light will come on and it, it makes alarm. a noise. An alarm. And, it, and it's loud. I feel like it's loud. I asked her, does it have a volume? And she said, no. So <laughs> it's loud. We went in the bathroom. Melissa put it on the counter, which it did blend in well with the decor. It was. It looks like a, a little brown teddy bear. So I feel like it looked old fashioned and kind of looked like it belonged in the bathroom. It did. As we were talking to it, these older women came in the bathroom. 
and you know we're not trying to be creepers in the bathroom because I mean that really could be misconstrued right (laughs) I mean we so we turned off our stuff like as soon as anybody walked in and just totally pretended like we were washing our hands and you know tried to gather our things but one woman was a little too fast for us and came back out and I had not got a chance to like get get my bear yet so we probably looked really strange as I'm like grabbing my bear as she's washing her hands and shoving it into my bag of gear and walking out of the bathroom giggling like children <laughs> she probably thought we were stealing it and she probably did that that would make sense actually that my we- <laughs> fear was that she would get close to it before you could get it and the alarm would go off Mandy kept like she was so close to it and I was like scared to grab it and Mandy was just kept like being like get the bear get the bear because like yeah if she would have touched it it would have sounded but the tricky part is that I didn't want to sound the alarm either right and this bear is not recording anything or anything like that but I didn't want to sound the alarm so if I would have just grabbed the bear it would have sounded so I had to like grab like the battery pack and like hit the off button like really quickly and get it into my bag (laughs) So that that wasn't our smartest idea, but it was funny. I definitely felt like a kid. And something that we did notice in the brief time that we were in the bathroom was that our EMF reader was, you know, getting readings just in the middle of the room, not near like an electrical source, just kind of randomly they would come and then they would just drop right off. And we thought that that was a little bit strange. So from there, me and Mandy headed over to Tyler Cemetery. And it's said that Tyler Cemetery is haunted by multiple ghosts dressed in white. And when you leave, they are said to try to follow you through the cemetery gates. So what did you feel when we first walked in the cemetery? I didn't really have any feelings in the cemetery, but I think that I don't often have any kind of strange feelings when I'm really anywhere. I, I feel like I don't get that. Because we're unobservant paranormal investigators. Yeah. <laughs> but my first impression of the cemetery was how beautiful it was. I mean, there's just these gigantic old tombstones from the 1800s. I mean, some of these were much taller than me and Mandy. I mean, they were really those classic just tombstones that you just you want to like walk around and look at. Yeah, there's writing on all four sides on some of them right it was also by like a small pond which was just added beauty to it like when you look through the back fence that's what you saw you saw a pond it was just really beautiful what did you feel like when we first walked into the cemetery i kind of find old cemeteries peaceful just peaceful and beautiful like you said it was just beautiful how old it was the graves the headstones were really pretty i didn't feel scared at all I know we we got out the white noise app that we were using. I don't think we really caught a lot of stuff. I feel like the more I use the white noise app, the less I trust it. I feel like I, I like the other equipment more, which is why we have decided that our next big purchase is going to be an actual ghost box. I really like, you know, like the times we've gotten flashlight activity, which, you know, we didn't get any flashlight activity at Tyler Cemetery. Me and Mandy, when we arrived to the cemetery, we actually chose to sit next to a new grave. It was still light out. I, you know, I've kind of done some research on, it seems to me like everybody ghost hunts at night. I don't understand if ghosts are real, why they supposedly only come out at night. 
And when I looked this up, the research seemed to agree with me. It said, you know, if there if there are ghosts, they should be out at all times of the day. So we decided that since we were doing this trip, we would do it more toward the evening. It was probably, would you say it was 5 or 6? Maybe we were there like between 5 and 6 p.m. That sounds about right. The sun was beautiful. You know, it, it was evening. It was getting ready to start setting. And we were just sitting next to this fresh mound of dirt where someone had passed away, unfortunately. Me and Mandy are sitting in Tyler Cemetery in Van Buren Township. Township. And we are sitting next to a very newly dug grave. Sharon B. Hollinsworth, March 6th, 1944 to June 15th, 2021. So like Mandy said, you know, we did use the White Noise app. We did have our digital audio recorder going and we will play a little bit of the audio for you just so you can hear us doing our ghost hunting thing and sounding a little bit goofy. And maybe you will even hear something that we don't, because as we joke, we're unobservant. So if you do hear anything, let us know. We didn't get any activity by the the newer grave, so we decided to walk around and we ended up in a little bit older part of the cemetery. 1915 to 1916, 1917 to 1917. Carlton Roberts and Elizabeth Roberts. Oh God, how sad! Because you know this was probably the ba- a baby they had that died, and, and then, then they had one right after. That's so sad. A one-year-old, and then it must have been like a stillborn or a couple months old. Yeah. It is terrible. Oh, you have goosebumps. You know they say that it's like when the ghosts are around. And we just plopped down on the grass and we started to talk and ask questions. Um, Melissa had out her bear and the little balls that light up when they get touched. We were asking questions. And almost immediately, Mandy heard a phrase. Now, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about the ghost box. And this is an app. So we don't put a lot of stock into it. We don't have a whole lot of trust for it. I mean, apps, people can watch you through apps. I mean, they could definitely load it with noises, which is why we don't trust it. What people believe in about these ghost boxes is basically it's scanning like AM, FM channels. And supposedly they believe that spirits can contact you and say phrases. But I think that you always kind of hear bits of words or things that sound creepy because it's snippets of radio stations. So you have to keep that in mind. But I think when you get a phrase, especially if it's two or three words, that's when it really seems like you're possibly getting activity. I don't know if you heard what we heard there. And actually, Mandy is the one that heard it in person. I didn't hear it until playback, but it does seem to say fucking dead. It's a little bit more toward the end. It was not even a minute later when we did have one of our little balls light up. We're kind of funny when when we actually do catch something because I think we both think 
oh my gosh, did we just see it? Or did the wind blow? Or did... Yeah, so that was like one of our things, right? Like, did the wind blow this ball? Like, we could not see it move. And it was sitting pretty snugly in the grass. So... We don't understand how it could have moved, so Mandy blew on it. Just to, like, make wind so we could see, you know, did the wind, did the breeze blow the ball? Right. And me blowing on the ball. And she blew pretty hard. <laughs> did it not did move. not move the ball. The light did not go off. So our ball just went off, and it's literally lying in the grass. I'm going to take a picture of it. It's not going off anymore during the picture. I'm not getting any EMF readings, but it's in the grass, so it's very likely that it would not move. Unless... Like, even if something tried to roll it, like, it would have a hard time. <laughs> like, I wouldn't really expect the ball to be going off. Like, you can see the wind moving this, like... Is the wind strong enough? I don't know. All right, when it stops blinking, I'm going to blow on it <laughs> see if it goes. It did not go off when Mandy blew on it. And I feel like that my breath at that close point was stronger than the wind. The wind, yes. She blew it pretty hard. <laughs> I mean, we're always torn. I mean, because we don't know if we got something or if this was some kind of fluke. Like, I did think... What if, like, a big black ant was, like, under it <laughs> and, like, maybe touched it? But, like, we didn't see any insects. Like, we didn't see anything that could have touched her any way for it to move. So, quite possibly, we did get that small amount of activity. Which I think we should count that as a win because we did try to debunk it and we couldn't come up with any reason that the ball would have lit up. And we also did have a phrase right before that, too. So, maybe it does count as a win. So I think that's a good thing. We walked around the cemetery and we looked at the graves. I mean, because we just both like that sort of thing. Both of us have gone to cemeteries before specifically to look at the graves. And I think some people view that as disrespectful. I think if I was a ghost, I would want people to visit me. Like, even if it was strangers. Like, we're definitely not trying to be disrespectful to any spirits when we do any of this. If they want us there, we, we want to be there. You know, if they don't want to communicate, that's fine. If they're real, I'm always the one who's more on the fence about that. I actually feel it's kind of opposite how I was raised. I do think most people probably do possibly view it as disrespectful. I was raised that it's a respectful thing to do. Even if you're going in a cemetery and you, you don't even know anybody there, I was always taught to be respectful. And I, I agree with you. I... I would want somebody to come visit me if I was dead. And, right. you know, like a lot of these graves are so old, they, they don't have family anymore. So I do feel it is a very respectful thing to do, even though some people might not view it that way. We did watch behind us as we left the cemetery and we didn't see any ghosts following us, like is, you know, said to happen to people, unfortunately. I did get a lot of good pictures of the different tombstones and things like that. So if you want to see where me and Mandy were investigating, the pictures will be available on our Patreon page. From there, me and Mandy drove about 10, 15 minutes over to Soup Cemetery. And this was the highlight of our night. This was really what we were looking forward to doing. Mandy had been there once before. It's said to be haunted by a witch 
that practice dark magic. We don't know for sure that Elizabeth practiced dark magic. We both kind of joked that she was probably just a woman who stood up for herself and didn't do what she was told sometimes and she was labeled as a witch just because she rebelled a little bit. I've seen multiple like websites claim that she was definitely a dark witch. I, I've also seen that her family denies that. So I don't know if Elizabeth Soup was a witch, if she practiced good magic, dark magic, if she was a Wiccan that was misunderstood, or I don't know. <laughs> but it, it is said that she does haunt the cemetery. We don't claim to know the doings of Elizabeth Soup. If you're in the cemetery, it it looks like you're kind of secluded, but you're really not. Uh, There's a house right by it, and then a little bit away, there's a bar by it. But when you pull in, the road that you pull in, it's it's a gravel road and there's trees. I think it it looked a little secluded and seemed a little... I don't know if creepy is the right word. Maybe it's just because the sun was starting to go down at that point. Well, I think that the reason it was creepy when we first pulled in was because we saw all those crows. Yes. That was the first thing. When we pulled in, there was like three to five. Three to five crows. Just like, and they were up in the trees to the left. Like, I mean, it's pretty surrounded by trees. They were noisy. They were very noisy. And this audio is basically our first impression. So me and Mandy are pulling up to Soup Cemetery. And this is where supposed dark witch Elizabeth Soup. Look at the crows up there. Do you see them? Wow. You know how like there's always crows at Halloween time because witches turn into crows. This is where supposed dark witch Elizabeth Soup is buried. We do not know for certain that she was a dark witch. That is the rumor. But there's three crows in the trees as soon as we pull up. This just looks old. I mean, there's flowers and there's things, but this is very secluded. Like, I never would have known the cemetery was here. Native American lore says that the crows are the only animal that can go back and forth between the world of the living and the dead. So we thought that was kind of an omen or ominous sign even. Yeah, that definitely made it more exciting. We were not exactly sure where Elizabeth Soup's grave was. And actually, there's more than one Elizabeth Soup buried in the cemetery. So we had to wander around a bit. I was a little bit far away when I heard Mandy call my name. I was wandering around looking for Elizabeth's grave. And next to a tree, there was a little box, probably like the size of like a little small shoe box. It was like a cigar box. A cigar box. Okay, about the size of a cigar box. But it was made of wood and it was painted. I picked it up and it it said Frederick on it. And so I I picked it up and I was I don't know why, but I like I tried opening it. Well, very, it's a box. I would try opening it too. Right. That's you what know, they're meant to I don't be. Know right? what, Boxes right. are meant to there, be there opened. There could have been a surprise in the box. There was a surprise in the box, but luckily I did not get to open it because somebody had glued it or or nailed it shut I'm not sure which on the side of it said world's best gerbil or something like that or world's greatest gerbil I think it's actually really sweet to like have your child do that like a sort of like little 
thing for their pet. I think it definitely teaches compassion that probably like a lot of adults are lacking, you know, or just just like, oh, throw it away. I, I agree with you, but I feel like he should have been buried in Maybe buried their him. yard or even buried yeah. in a cemetery. I know you're not supposed to do that, so nobody do that. That was that was fun. It was different. Then I heard Mandy yelling, but like I didn't know why. I couldn't hear her. I was a little bit too far away, but she was super excited. Actually found Elizabeth's grave. It was adorned with small liquor bottles. Money. There was like like coins. coins. Crystals. Those lights, they're like solar powered that you can like stick into the ground. There was a Ouija board. The Ouija <laughs> board. That's the I, I think the the creepiest part, right? The Ouija board and the planchette were laying right there on her grave. So I'm not sure what information these people are getting, if they're just listening to like old lore, or if they have some sort of information that I was unable to find. But clearly, I think the community thinks that Elizabeth Soup was a witch, good or bad, whichever. But I, I do believe that they think that she was a witch. Me and Mandy have found the grave of Elizabeth Soup, and it is quite a sight. There's a Ouija board in front of it and one of the paranormal balls. There's change on it, like quarters and... If you've ever been to New Orleans, it's like Marie Laveau's tomb. There's just decorations, there's lights. It's like it's almost like everyone that comes here leaves a gift. There's lighters, rock. Look at that's a little witch thing. I feel like we should have brought something now. Ooh, there's like a beautiful shell. There's chains. It is quite the sight. I did not expect this. Somebody left her a free frosty card. <laughs> I guess when you've got nothing else, you leave Elizabeth Soup your free frosty card. We were really just waiting for it to get dark so we could spend like about 20 minutes just at dusk, just trying to make contact of some sort. So while we did this, we actually stopped recording. I stopped recording everything because, you know, like batteries and like just dead air. And me and Mandy just looked up some facts about Elizabeth and her husband, and we found some stuff I thought was pretty interesting. Elizabeth was born on May 12th, 1826. She passed away on Christmas Eve in 1899 of dropsy, which was probably actually cardiac arrest. Elizabeth was a housekeeper, and she was the daughter of John and Hannah Root. She herself had six children, Jane Mitchell, Lenora Soup, Fino, Abraham Soup, Abraham Alonzo Soup, Frederick J. Soup, Francis Cody Soup. One thing that I noticed, you know, there's these allegations that Elizabeth was a dark witch. She had like six children. (laughs) I don't know. I just don't imagine. Maybe they drove her to it. They might have. Might be willing to sell my soul to have well-behaved children. Another thing that I noticed, too, that I just thought was cute. Her fifth child is named Frederick. And I wondered if that was after her husband. It's like her third boy. Like, she just ran out of names at that point. And she was like, ah, name after the husband. Frederick Soup, Elizabeth's husband, who is buried right next to her, grew up on a farm. And when he got older, he got into the hotel business. He conducted... At this city hotel, which later was turned into the Detroit Free Press office. He was the landlord at the Hotel Riley, and the couple moved to Canada for a bit. And when they returned, he conducted at the Cass Hotel. Frederick was a member of the Detroit Episcopal Church. 
Their son, Francis Cody Soup, married and had one child. He passed away in April of 1950 at Eloise Hospital. Now, we thought this was really interesting. And at first we were like, oh, like, was he in the asylum part of the hospital? But I did look into that. And he did pass away at the hospital when it was just a general hospital. I mean, they did births, they did everything there. So while we were looking up some of the facts about Elizabeth and her family, it was pretty dark at this point. Melissa and I were sitting on a blanket. And it, I feel the need to say, it was like a thick blanket. Like this wasn't like a regular, like little flimsy blanket. No, it was actually a blanket for picnics. It was waterproof, so it was a little bit thicker. We had the ball on the blanket and some of our other equipment. While we were researching just some facts, the ball lit up. And I saw it first. And well, because I was laying on my stomach at that point. Right. Because, she was kind of faced know, away. I'm like old in my back. But <laughs> um, we tried to make the ball go off again because we thought, oh, like it's on a blanket. Like maybe we adjusted our leg or whatever. And we couldn't do it. I feel like the ball worked at both cemeteries. I feel like it sounds weird when we say, like, we couldn't make the ball go off on the blanket, but me and Mandy were being very still. Like, we weren't, we weren't moving whatsoever. And when we moved around the ball, because this blanket is waterproof, it just didn't move that section of the blanket. Like, it was kind of far away from both of us. One thing that I had noticed is that the ball went off when we were actually talking out loud about Elizabeth's husband, Frederick. We were kind of just like reading like a description of his life. And that's when the ball went off. We tried a little bit of EVP stuff. And here's some clips of that portion of the night. So me and Mandy had stopped recording for a while. And we were kind of waiting for it to get dark. It is starting to get dark. We were reading some history on the Soup family. When all of a sudden, and we were being very still our bomb it lit up it lit up yeah we were talking about frederick soup and that he was a veteran hotel keeper is that correct elizabeth can you move the ball if that's correct maybe it was frederick who moved the ball that is true frederick are you here with us will you move the ball i don't feel like i heard a noise i feel like we were very still like i don't i was sitting here reading Almost immediately after using the Ghostbox app, we caught what sounds to me like a word. I'm not sure if you guys can hear it, but toward the end of that clip, it sounds to me like it's saying devil. Is anyone here with us? You can let us know if you hear the word Michael after I ask if anyone was here with us. And now I'm just going to add a couple of clips where we feel like we heard something and you can let us know what you think. If you want us to leave, will you turn on the bear or turn on the light? If you want us to leave, can you turn on my flashlight or make my ball light up? We also We want to know if Elizabeth was really a witch. People say that Elizabeth practiced black magic. 
Can you just tell us if you were a witch? We're going to do a podcast and we'd like to tell the true story. Can you just tell us if you were a witch? We're going to do a podcast and we'd like to tell the true story. By now it was getting pretty dark and it's claimed by many people that they've been followed by shadow figures inside the cemetery. And, you know, people have heard voices and seen floating lights. And we looked online and found some pictures that other people supposedly took at the cemetery. One of the pictures, it's black background because it's dark. Um, the, the thing in the picture is white but it looks almost like a flame to me it does but it but it's all white i guess it resembles a flame but it definitely doesn't look like it's a flame if that makes any sense to you the other picture it's just kind of a dark background with it almost looks like a like a cloud but it's lit up a little bit there's another picture, which this one I find the most interesting. It's a picture of the to- of a tombstone, and it says that it's an echo coming out of the grave, which I guess is what they call that shape of the anomaly that you see. I find that one the most interesting because there's context to it where the other ones don't really prove where the pictures were taken. But unfortunately, me and Mandy ourselves did not get anything in any of our pictures we did not get any activity aside from our ball lighting up and the possible communication on the app that we played for you it was getting pretty dark and you know it closes at dusk and we don't want to be trespassing and because we don't want to promote trespassing either definitely don't trespass we just kind of like looked up and looked around and we were like oh my god it's dark like it was so dark it was very dark and i don't think we realized it was dark because we were sitting there with our equipment and we were looking at our phone so we had a little bit of light we had the when we decided it was time to go and we turned off those lights it was dark dark and we booked it but we couldn't book it too fast because we didn't want to trip over a tombstone i totally thought i was going to trip over something we couldn't see We, we really just couldn't see i think it kind of felt good to get in the car and shut the door it did it definitely did I did take a lot of pictures all through the night. I have pictures of some really amazing old tombstones. I have pictures of Elizabeth's tombstone, and it's adorned with all the the things we talked about. If you're interested in looking at any of pictures of the places that me and Mandy went for this episode, they will be posted on our Patreon page. So I hope you enjoyed mine and Mandy's story about our trip. I think that it's important that we note all the times we don't get activity is important as it is as we know the times that we do get activity so we're going to keep documenting our episodes whether or whether or not we get activity we did have a ton of fun it was a beautiful day it was a beautiful time this month we are going to go on an investigation at the willow schoolhouse once we do that we'll do another episode and we will document our events there hopefully later in the month We're still waiting for um, tickets to go on sale, but we'll be at the Straight Farmhouse in Garden City. And both these places are supposedly very haunted. I know Mandy herself has been to the Straight Farmhouse before. And did you have activity at the Straight Farmhouse, Mandy? I did have activity. Um, The very first time that I went, 
the lady that was doing the or running the investigation she had handed out equipment to people and my son was with me at the time he was probably about 13 or 14 years old he had the flashlight where you know have we have done before where you ask it questions and then the light will come on or off you know versus yes or no we were in a room it was me my sister her boyfriend and, and my son and we were just asking questions you know is anybody here that type of thing all of a sudden the flashlight turned on in response to our question and we were actually really shocked because that's the first paranormal investigation i'd ever been on and we got that activity right away it happened throughout the night with the flashlight when we told the lady that was running it she had said that there was a boy that had died in the house we were actually in his room at the time that the flashlight had went off and he was about the age of my son so we think that maybe he was attracted to him. And I went back on different occasions and we did get activity, but I think that was the the most activity that we got. And I think it had to do with the fact that my son was there. So hopefully when me and Mandy go this month, we will get some activity. We're excited because it's October and it is ghost hunting season. It is. Anyway, thanks for listening. Catch us this Sunday for a all new episode of coffee murder and mystery stay safe evil people are everywhere bye bye thanks for tuning in to coffee murder and mystery you can find us on the web at www.coffeemurderandmystery.com we are on facebook twitter and instagram and we also have a youtube channel All references for today's podcast are available in our show notes. If you enjoyed our show, please consider giving us an Apple Podcast five-star rating, sharing our show with your friends, and leaving a review. This helps us by allowing more people to find our show. If you would like to support our show with a financial contribution, please consider joining our Patreon. Joining our Patreon at the $5 level will give you a bonus episode on the second week of the month, as well as a second bonus episode on the fourth week of the month. Or go to buymeacoffee.com for a one-time contribution. We appreciate all of our listeners. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Thank you so much for listening. The information provided in this podcast is solely of our opinion and based upon research that we have conducted via the internet. If you feel that we have represented something inaccurately or unfairly, you can send us an email at coffeemurdermystery at gmail.com. Thanks for your support.